in Mount Zion. Being in Mount Zion. Now, let me begin by saying this. Your location in life determines what affects you, what you experience, and what comes to you. Your locations in life. Take for instance, we are in Nigeria. Now our experiences in Nigeria is completely different from somebody who perhaps could be in the United States or in Canada. Am I right? Now, even if you move to Canada, you are still you, but your life changes because of the environment. Is that okay? Now, you could be sweating proficiously because there is no AC, there is no good lightning, or whatever the case may be. But you go to another atmosphere where these things are available, you find that you are going to be at rest. Your agitation and all that you were trying to do to fight away the heat will no longer be necessary. You have greater peace because you've left one location to another location. Am I communicating? Now, I want you to understand because this is very crucial. If your understanding about the issue of church have not actually gone beyond the issue of just going somewhere to fellowship, but understanding that you are into another location because you've been shifted from one life to another life, you will never experience what you're supposed to be experiencing in coming to the Lord. Now, look at what the scripture says. We've been translated. Are you still there? From the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, these are two different locations. Come on, understand me. It means what you were experiencing before can no longer be your experience on this other side. Because these are two different locations. So your life as a Christian is not the issue of a tag. It's an experience based on environment. What you struggle to do before you were translated ought not to follow you to this new location. Because there are laws and principles that guide the new location. Are you still there with me? I want us to understand what Christ has done. I want us to understand why we believe what we believe. And I want us to understand that to come to the place of practical experience of that which comes to you based on the location that you now find yourself. If men must struggle to survive in this new location, you ought not to struggle to survive. There is a place for grace. Hallelujah. There is a place for favor. And... Um, a minister once said something. It has only been there in my mind. He called his message serendipity. Now, what it means is something happens when you least expect it. Now, some of you who go on the computer, sometimes you're working on the computer, maybe you just open up your internet, an advert can just pop up. You were not expecting it. You were not planning for it. But begin to describe or tell you what may be happening on the other side. It's a pop-up. It's something you don't plan for. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Even in the Lord, there are so many things you don't plan for that can pop up 
because you are in another location. Now, before nothing pops up on the computer, it has always been there, as it were, until you open up the computer. Are you still there? Now, when you open up the computer, you are joined up to the rest of the world. So information begins to pop up when you don't expect them. Why? Because now you are in another location. Before you open the computer, you are in another world. But as soon as you open the computer, you make with a lot of other people in another world. Are you catching this? Your salvation takes you from one location to another location. And your experience has to do with the people of this new world, not the people of the old world. I'm going to make you see that from the Bible. To let you know that there are some people we are supposed to have fellowship with because of the new location that we find ourselves as a result of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when among such people we are supposed to be sharing fellowship with are the departed saints. Glory to God. I make you see that from the Bible. We're talking of the spirit of just men made perfect. How many of you understand that because of the real location we find ourselves now, we can have fellowship with Abraham. I'm talking about the cloud of witnesses. Men that ought to be ministering to us, even when we least expect it. They see us, but we don't see them. They know our pains, but we don't understand. They can literally move in and speak to us. And we call it a dream. Why? We are not a location. This may be hard for some of you, but you need to understand it. Glory to God. Are you see that? Now, they can capture your thoughts, if you will, because in this new location, there is one spirit. Are you see that? He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So all of us have one spirit manifesting, as it were, the thoughts of the Lord. He knows and the spirit reveals the thoughts of the father to his people. Is that okay? Say so we know them by what? By the spirit. Okay. Now turn with me to Hebrews. That kind of introduction for you to understand what we're about to deal with now. Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to see your life as having been shifted. You've moved from one location to another location. And your experience should be directly connected to this new location. If you are having some negative experiences today, they shall terminate in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hebrews 11. Let me start reading from verse 8 to 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance, <laughs> obeyed and he went out, not knowing where he went. He was to receive an inheritance. He was going to struggle to get it. An inheritance belongs to sons. <laughs> so Abraham was an heir of God. Now tell me what he did before he became an heir. But God had provision for him because he called him. And you are also called. <laughs> you get that? Glory. Now verse number 9. By faith is sojourned in the land of promise. As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now, if we be God's children, I mean Abraham's children by faith, just like Abraham and Isaac were joint heirs of the same promise, so are you. Hallelujah. For he looked for a city which had foundations. Whose beard and maker is God? He looked for. 
<laughs> he looked for a city which has foundations. What is a foundation? Foundation is a structure that cannot be moved. Amen. When you come to the place of foundation, in fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 3, verse number 15, that the church is a ground at the pillar of the truth. When you say ground, we're talking about foundation. Truth cannot be shaken. Lies can. So the church is a place of foundation. By implication, when you move into the church, you're standing on a solid foundation. And that is to say, at this stage of your life, but reason of you having shifted, there are some things that can no longer move your life. Hallelujah. And he's talking about foundations, not just one. So everything about your life ought to be built by God on such a foundation that you cannot be moved. Because this city you are in cannot be moved. Now watch this. Go down to Hebrews 12. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12. And verse number 22. If you look at from verse 1 and 2, he said, We've come unto Mount Zion. I mean, talking about we surrounded by a great cloud of witness, and without a spirit with, with the saints of Hebrews 11. Now, Hebrews 12, verse number 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion. And unto what? The city of the living God. Now, which city was Abraham looking for? The city of God. What Abraham was looking for, you have come into it. He was looking for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By implication, he is saying, there is a life you live that is shakeable. Until you find God. When you find God, your life can no longer be a shakeable life. It's an established life. And a progressive ongoing life. You cannot be moved. There is a foundation that God has laid. And we are building and staying and standing on the same foundation. Abraham was looking for it. Now, when the Bible says he was moving from tent to tent, that was simply because the foundation had not been laid. What that means is, the church have not come into existence because the foundation we're looking at here, which is the city of the living God, is the church of the firstborn. Can we read on just a little bit? But you are come unto my Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to a numerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Are you there with me? Which are written in heaven unto God, the judge of all, unto the spirit of just men made perfect. Verse 24 says, unto Jesus, the mediator of new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speak a better thing than that of Abel. Amen? Amen. All right. But now what I want you to pick here is where you are right now. Where are you? Man Zion. What is Man Zion? The city of God. What is the city of God? The church of the firstborn. Are you still there? The general assembly of the saints. So think about your community. Where is your community now? You are in fellowship with the saints of old, with the spirit of just men, with God himself, with Jesus Christ himself. Are you sitting there with me? Listen, it is not what you will go to tomorrow. It is where you are now. You have come. You will not come. 
you shall not come you may not come you have come he took you from the wall and brought you somewhere else if there was a Canaan for the children of Israel that is a city for you today are you sick at what I'm saying here please I want you to understand like I said before your experience in life is connected to where you are which has to do with your location glory to God are you see following this so I want you to understand people of God that until your mind captures this understanding that I am not just see, see, see. scripture says you are not in the world though you are in this world but you are not of this world listen you are not going to die to go to heaven I'm sorry <laughs> what does it mean for name to be written in heaven listen how many of you have been to school before and when you get to the class there's a register and every register in any class let us say I'm A or I'm B there's the names of those in that arm am I communicating when you want to identify yourself even the whole school system you walk towards your arm when they come out in the morning for maybe assembly you line up according to your arms am I communicating why because your name is on the register you belong there once your name is written it's written that is where you belong if it's written in heaven your register your voting right is in heaven not when you have to go there because you have come we are just going into election about going into election now a foreigner in this country cannot vote mm -hmm. though he may be residing here but he can't be registered because you're not a citizen is that okay if your name is written in heaven it means you are registered oh come on help me here and that means you have right in that location and what happens in that location happens to you or affects you the people you communicate with must be those who are within the sphere of your registration I want you to go back again to the election that is coming and the government has said it that where you register that is where you will vote oh come on apply these things and see where you are you have been registered in heaven your name is in heaven you have right in heaven you are a citizen in heaven right now not tomorrow therefore everything that must happen to heavenly people should happen to you the right of heavenly people is your right come on am i talking here you have come onto that location not tomorrow I refuse to allow the benefit of heaven not to come my way now. I refuse to allow that which is supposed to be mine to be delayed to tomorrow. I refuse to accept that. I refuse. I refuse to accept that in my mind. I may be a human being, but a heavenly human being on the face of the earth. <laughs> Glory to God. You've come unto Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. Can you picture where God himself is residing and then you are there? And now some of you want to see God like a human being. That's where we never see him because God is spirit. Amen? If God is in the city and you are living in that city, God protects his people who said it is city. He said, we put him far away so his protection can come to us. But until we know that we are where he is, 
<laughs> he is not far away. He dwells within us. We are his tabernacles. The tabernacle of God is now with man. Not tomorrow. And don't get confused about a mansion because you are that mansion. Hallelujah. He dwells in his mansion. He constructed a mansion right through the cross to allow the Holy Spirit to come and take residence in your life. You become a dwelling place. And that is why Abraham was moving from place to place living in tents. But you are not living in tents. You are living in a tabernacle that has foundation. You don't move houses, you move tents. Come and help me here. Hallelujah. No devil can move you because you have been built. Your foundation was laid. Watch this. Let's go down just a little bit. I just feel this can sink in. Move down with me a little bit to Isaiah 33. I told you we are in a mass today. Very soon you'll be out of this place. Going home rejoicing. Because the Lord has visited you. Hallelujah. Are we there in Isaiah 33? Look at verse 17. shall see the king in his beauty. Where is the king living? In Mount Zion. <laughs> Hallelujah. The eye shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is far away. Abraham was looking for it. But we're getting closer. Not just closer. We're right in there. Thy heart shall meditate terror. He's speaking to people now who are supposed to be men of oppressors to those in Mount Zion. Where is the tribe? Where is the receiver? Where is he that counted the towers? Those who wanted to make war. Thou shalt not see a fierce people. A people of a deeper speech than thou can perceive. Of a summary tongue. That I cannot understand. Let me give you the background to this. He is talking about Sennacherib and the Assyrian generals. Amen. God is saying, listen, I'm going to pick you out from the system. This time you're going to behold the king, but not those people who terrifies you. Because I'm taking you somewhere. Now watch number 20 so that you can look exactly and see exactly what I'm talking about. What do you find in verse 20? Look upon Zion, the city of what? Our solemnities. What does that mean? The city of our feasting, the city of our rejoicing, the city of our gladness. Man, Zion. What he's saying is this I'm going to cut off all your enemies and bring you to the place of rejoicing and gladness in life. Your new location is a place of feasting. We have so much war going on in the church, but I tell you something this church is meant for feasting. Hallelujah. Are you see that? <laughs> it says, Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities, that I shall see Jerusalem a quiet habitation. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Man, listen to me. Why do we still have all these tumors and troublings and 
harassment around us. We have not totally located our location. We have not identified with our location. Hallelujah. He said, you will see Jerusalem a quiet habitation. May all the troubles you have passed through, that you are passing through, come to an end. Why? Because you are relocating from one environment to another environment. My Zion is synonymous with Jerusalem. Is that okay? But Jerusalem is a quiet habitation. Now watch what happened. Abraham was always moving because he was living for a city whose builder and maker is God. And because he was not in existence, he continues to move. And then I have people who were kind of troubling him all around. But when you come into Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the proclamation is you come to a quiet habitation. And not just a quiet habitation, your foundation is laid, your tabernacle can no longer be moved. Hallelujah. A part of what you experience as that of a quiet habitation is directly connected to the location you now find yourself. Is that alright with somebody? Glory to God. Then he says, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Can you see that? A dwelling place that cannot just be shifted. Now Abraham was moving, pulling turns, pulling pegs, pulling ropes all the time. Why? Because we were looking for that city. Now can I tell you one of the reasons why the city was not then available to Abraham? Because then Christ had not been slain. Is that all right? It is when Christ went to the cross, poured out the blood, released the Holy Spirit, the spirit that Abraham was looking for came into existence. And that is why Jesus would say, I will build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail. Hallelujah. The gates of hell cannot prevail. The forces of darkness cannot prevail. The imaginations of men cannot prevail. The thoughts of the enemy cannot prevail. Come on, let me tell you this. There is no thought against you that will prevail if you move into the very church of Jesus Christ. It says, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed or come on here. I'm talking of an established people. In life, you are going to be established. In your business, there is going to be an establishment. In your thought and understanding, there's going to be establishment. You shall not be tossed to and fro. Even in your mind and in your spirit, you must come to a conclusion. And God is bringing you to that spot where you will draw the conclusion that this is God and I'm staying here. They shall not be moved. Glory to God. You see, maybe tossed to and fro every day with troubles, with thoughts, with issues, with mindset, with theologies, with all manner of doctrines. Men are just being tossed to and fro. But I tell you something, if you come into Mount Zion, your stake can no longer be removed. There's a permanent building. Amen? So not one of the stakes thereof shall be removed, neither shall any of the cause thereof be broken. What is that trying to describe to you? Your tabernacle, your dwelling place, your place and residence can no longer be brought down. Because it's a comparison to the old time where tents are put. How many of you know what tent means? You know, you use stakes, you use ropes to tie up the tent, you dwell there temporarily. Anytime you want to move, you pull up the stakes and then you're on your way. 
But God is telling us to lay a foundation. We are no longer living in tent. We are living in tabernacles. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? When he says they shall not be removed anymore from their land. If you check the scripture, he's actually talking about the children of Israel. What he's trying to tell them is, listen to me. A time is coming when I plant you. The Assyrian can no longer take you captives. Is that okay? They can't take you captives. They can't take you to their land. They can't transport you from your own land. Now you are going to be permanently in the place that I'm taking you to. What is God telling us this morning? No man born of a human being. No devil too high, too big shall move you from the spot that God has planted you. In the name of Jesus Christ. That which is from God is permanent. You can't be shifted anymore. Amen. Even in your own being. And I'm coming to that real good. Sicknesses can't pull you down anymore. Hallelujah. Because you are the tabernacle that God is building. It's only God that is permitted to reside in your being. He's telling the children of Israel, listen to me what I'm about to do. The Assyrians can no longer come. The Babylonians can no longer come. I'm taking you to a dwelling place. I'm taking you to a city. And I will establish you. None of these people will be able to intimidate you, embarrass you, and harass you anymore. You will have quietness. Do you know what it means? How many of you know what is going on right now, even in Libya? When people stay in their home with agitation and tension because they don't know who is coming next to invade. That's exactly how the children of Israel were living. That's why I say Jerusalem is a place of quiet habitation. So your life must come to the place where the devil can no longer harass you. Whether in the day or in the night. Your life is stable. Your life is permanent. There is joy in your life. Hallelujah. God will grant you that absolute quietness on all sides. Praise the Lord. There shall not be any more. The taking down of sex. No enemy will move you. Because you are having a permanent building. Glory to God. Okay. Move down just a little bit. But there the glorious Lord will be unto us a place of broad rivers and streams. Do you know what that means? One of the things that protected people in those days, especially in cities, and more especially islands, for instance, was the rivers. Is that okay? When a river surrounds a nation, worship may come in. But you see, you can easily fight back you are in a stronger position than those coming through the sea and don't you forget it is not the kind of worship we have today that they had in those days these ones are fitted with machine guns and launching machines and all that you don't have that most of them were arrows and matches and all that is that okay so worship may be coming to a city but they will see them afar up and men can lay ambush so river was more or less a sort of protection in those days I always want you to understand the background to some of the statements in the Bible. So here God is saying, in this place, the glorious Lord himself will be unto us a place of broad rivers and what? And streams. What it say? Wherein shall go no galley with oars. Watch that. Galley with oars will supposed to be the type of the worship I'm talking about now. Neither shall gallant sheep pass thereby. In other words, 
all your fears disappears as God comes into your life. The enemies can no longer come in. God is making it as a resolution, if you will. As you come into Zion, I become a broad river. Hallelujah. Now, to the children of Israel, it was a broad river. And to Job, it was an edge of fire. The same principle. Protection. Defense. Listen, I'm saying this is what you experience when you relocate from the wall to where? To Mount Zion. You receive the benefit of being in Mount Zion. Which is your protection. Which is your stability. Which is your quietness. Your peace is guaranteed when you move into Mount Zion. Hallelujah. So here he's telling us the Lord is going to be to us. To everyone. Even those hearing the sound of my voice. The Lord shall be a broad stream. And a broad river. To protect you from the enemy's invasion. It is not going to be possible anymore. You are secured. Your life is guaranteed. And the Bible said they shall not pass by. You know what? God will make it so sure and certain that they won't even get you located. I begin to see a situation where men will miss your house. Who has evil intention? Glory to God. God said they will not pass by. Even if they pass by, they won't see. They won't recognize. They'll walk into the city and say, I'm looking for one man. Your name is even missing. One man is not a man. One woman is not a man or a woman. If you are looking for one woman, and there are several women, which one are you looking for? Your name that we forget. Hallelujah. Verse 22. All of this is still what is going on where? In Manzion. So understand your location and claim your rights and stay with your rights confidently. This is my portion because of my present location. Hallelujah. Look at verse 22. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will do what? Oh, hallelujah. Now, if you watch in terms of governance, this is pure theocracy which perhaps is molded or democracy be molded about or from or through. But if you look at it this way, he said, the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. What does that mean? All the three arms of government, the judiciary, the legislative arm, are you getting that? And the administrative arm, they are all in God. The judge, the lawgiver, and the king. Who has the right to implement the law? <laughs> are you see that? The law shall be to us. That means your life can no longer be dictated by a foreign king. Are you getting this? The Lord is a judge, is a lawgiver, and is a king. He determines the frequency of those in Mount Zion. No law outside of that of God has right to come into your life. The Lord God alone is our judge. Now if he be our judge and he deems of acquitted from everything we seem to have done, no man has right to condemn you. 
He is our judge. He is our lawgiver. And he is our king. The legislative arm, the judicial arm, and the administrative arm. All are centered in who? In God. In Mount Zion. Glory to God. And one thing you need to understand is, if God be our judge and our lawgiver, his laws are for our benefit. His judgment is unto glory, not unto condemnation. Are you still there with me? Understand this point. And it's crucial you understand it. Only God has right to exercise laws over our lives. The enemy have no right anymore. Hallelujah. Okay, verse 23. The tacklings are loose, speaking to the enemies now. They could not wear strength in their mask. They could not spread the sail. Then is the prey of a great spoil divided. The lame take the prey. What is he saying? Even the enemies that are coming to attack you, they can no longer be able. There is going to be a defeat on their side. And even that which they possess, the lame people in the city have right to possess their possession. By implication in my side, there's nobody too weak to collect. <laughs> nobody too weak. Nobody too mighty. Everybody has something to collect. For being in Manziah. The blessings for everyone. No man is too small. No man is too big. Nobody is too weak or too sick. Not to have something. That is something you must collect. Even the lame take the prey. Hallelujah. So you must position yourself to receive what belongs to you. And you must see what you need to take which belongs to you. Manziah. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. Even the lame take the prey. And the habitant of where? Of my Zion shall not say. Come on, help me shout that hallelujah. Amen. Even the inhabitants of my Zion shall not say. I am what? It's our right to live healthy. Those in this city shall not say I'm sick. So may sickness disappear from your life. <laughs> and I'll make you see why you will say what you're saying now. If you say it, you will understand it. If you understand it, you will believe it. If you believe it, you will become yours. The inhabitants of this city shall not say I am sick. I refuse sickness in my life. Any form, any type, medically named, traditionally named, culturally identified, the inhabitant of this city shall not say, I am sick. <laughs> Therefore, that can no longer be our confession. <laughs> Why is it so? Watch this. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. Now, if you take that from Psalm 103, you can write it down. 103, verse 2 and 3, the Bible says, Blessed Lord God, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. That is why he says, you cannot say, I am sick. Why? Because your iniquities 
have been forgiven. And what results in sickness is iniquity. Hallelujah. The habitant shall not say I'm sick. Because he forgives all our iniquities. My friend, at all us here, I think what is Sunday and Wednesday, you don't have any record. Remember that? They are all blotted out, blotted out, blotted out. Every sick, every sin, every iniquity you have ever committed. Bible said they are what? Blotted out. And because of that, you cannot be sick. Therefore, the inhabitants of this city, henceforth, shall not say, I am sick. May you be healed. May all forms of sickness disappear from your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because you are in Mount Zion. The city of the living God. And the inhabitants of this city. They will live in quietness. They will live in peace. They cannot be moved. And they will not say I am sick. Because in our mind we know. Our iniquities have been washed away. Glory to God. And he that is justified of the Lord, no man has right to condemn. Because again, there is no other judge but he. Because he is our judge. He is our lawgiver. And he is our king. Hallelujah. And only the judge have right to sentence a man. But this one discharged and acquitted you. Because your sins and iniquities are forgiven. Therefore, you shall not say, I am sick. Have an understanding. May understanding deliver you. May the treasures of heaven become your portion. By reason of understanding and revelation of spiritual truth. Of what the Lord has done. And John will pray to guys and wish above all things. That that may be in health and prosper. What does it mean to be in health? Why is he telling him to be in health? Because of his well and his good doings. But above all, because his sins and iniquities have been forgiven. Blessed be the Lord God who forgiveth iniquities. Hallelujah. The inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. What a new tongue. What a new confession. Hallelujah. What a new approach to life. Therefore, every week selling your body today, we decree revitalization. We decree reactivation. We decree healing upon it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. The inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. We hear stories. I was speaking about this morning. We were driving on a, a poster. Somebody we, I got to know sometime. Minor operation, and the person has gone into glory. Just very minor. But you're not going to have one, not to talk of minor. Glory to God. Are you still there with me, somebody? The happy time shall not say, I am sick. God will go through all your vein, all your system. It will change your blood level. It will change your sugar level. Everything that is contrary to natural living, God will work on it. Because the inhabitants of this Jerusalem shall not say, I am sick. Hallelujah. You have come to Mount Zion. Yeah, we are not joking. From divine health, 
you can enter immortality. Mm -hmm. You get healing. From healing to divine health. From divine health to immortality. To them that seek for it. Honor, goodness and immortality. It shall be theirs. We have come to Mount Zion. The city of the living God. Hallelujah. And in this city, men shall not say, I am sick. Even financial sickness must disappear. It's not a Zionist confession. Come on now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your life is a display of Zionism. Where you belong. How are you living like this? I'm a Zionist. Because you say you are a Nigerian. So if you come to, are you getting what I'm talking about? A Canadian, a Nigerian, a Liberian, identifying with one specific location. Am I talking here? Now you move to Mount Zion. So what are you? A Zionist. And the Zionist shall not say, come on, talk with me. <laughs> are you, is it difficult for you? Somebody is thinking, but, 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 even as I'm saying this, come on, your mind is deceiving you. The Zionists shall not say, I am sick. They shall not say, I am poor. Far from your tabernacles. Poverty is far from your tabernacles. Sickness is far from your tabernacles. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the Lord himself shall be a stream. It shall be a river. Compassing us roundabout. Glory to God. The cells of the enemy can no longer stand. Their own sheep and oars are broken in the high sea. They can't get through the land. They can't get through the land. The Lord said they will not even pass by. I will stop them from taking that route. Hallelujah. Do we have some Zionists in this house this morning? <laughs> Come on. In the name of Jesus. Every word of God will find fulfillment in your life. For the Zionist shall not say, I am sick. 